Hey, welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm doing this like mini series of bonus episodes because it's back to troop season and back to troop season refers to back to school season because many, many troops around the country, not all of them, take a break over the summer. So this is like back to troop season. This is also a really common time for brand new members to start Girl Scouting. And that means brand new troops are forming. This is like the time that all of that is happening. And I know a lot of you are finding this podcast for the first time. You have uh, reached out to me. You have found this podcast. All of a sudden you have requested to join our Facebook group, any of those things. And Because I know our regular Tuesday episodes are digging in sometimes a little bit in the weeds, I'm doing these bonus episodes on Thursdays where I'm doing a little bit more of like kind of high-level basics conversation. A lot of these conversations we've had some iteration of back in the archives and the library of these po- this podcast, but I've been hosting this podcast since 2018, and I have now been doing this long enough that lots of people have started Girl Scouting as a troop leader. They've found this podcast, they've done Girl Scouts for a few years, and then they've actually finished doing Girl Scouts and they're no longer involved. <laughs> so that new people find the podcast and they Girl Scout for a while, and then they are no longer involved. So some people have been listening for many years, and thank you so much if you have been here for a while and hanging in there with me. But if you're brand new, I don't want to not create content talking about like the high-level basic stuff for you and only be talking about stuff in the weeds because the high-level basic stuff is like so important and necessary. And um, that's like a huge reason why I do this podcast because I think none of us are really like prepared to be troop leaders. Um, Some of us are better prepared than others, certainly. Some of us are better supported, better trained, whatever. But all of us are like... (laughs) starting at the beginning. So I'm trying to offer some resources that will help you start at the beginning if that's you. Now, this is the third in this little mini series. So I'm kind of like going to jump in into sort of the weeds a little bit. So I do recommend that you actually start with one of the other two. Um, The first one I did like kind of Girl Scout basics. We just talked about like high level. What the heck are we doing? Like how is this structured? What are we doing here? And then the second one was kind of about you uniforms. And this is actually going to be a continuation of that conversation about uniforms. I want to talk a little bit about the pieces that go on the uniforms. Now, I'm not using a source for this, okay? My source is my experience, what's in my head, things that I know about Girl Scouts because I've been involved basically since I was five. Um, So I have a lot of membership year. I actually should count and figure out what is my membership year count at this point. But um, I actually have a lot of member years on the books and I've been involved for a long time. So I'm not using a resource. This is just based on what I know or what I think I know. And um, and I'm going to do the best I can. There are tons of resources out there that you can read more about the uniform. I just kind of want to be able to like, if we were hanging out in person, this is how I would go through it with you. That's kind of where I'm at with this podcast these days is like some of my episodes are very, very heavily researched. But if all of my episodes were very heavily researched, I would not continue doing this podcast because I don't have time for that. So um, so sometimes you'll get like really research driven ones and sometimes you're going to get out of my head. So let's talk about the uniform. 
So in the previous episode, the previous Thursday episode, so like two episodes ago, <laughs> we were talking about um, the uniform pieces for each level, but we didn't actually talk about the actual specific insignia that goes on those uniform pieces. And that's what I want to cover. We talked a little bit about it because we talked about the fact that there's an insignia tab that the pins, your membership pins on, but we didn't talk about what those pins are or anything to do with that. So on the actual uniform there's like kind of a basic structure that the uniform follows whether it's a vest a tunic or a sash and basically some things that are like true no matter what you wear your pins your membership pins on an insignia tab and that goes on the left side like essentially over your heart no matter what whether you're in kindergarten or you're 75 that's where your pins go <laughs> And uh, and then generally speaking, on the opposite side, you're going to have an American flag patch. You're going to have a council um, kind of looks like a hamburger, but like a council ID set. You're going to have potentially a troop crest, potentially a troop number and um, potentially a bridge rainbow. And then um badges so no matter what version of the uniform you're wearing that's like the basic structure so let's talk about it a little bit more so the first one is an american flag patch that represents the like usa part of gsusa uh it's interesting because it's actually officially called a wavy flag <laughs> patch it used to be straight like a rectangle um now it's this weird wavy uh shape it's actually really pretty it looks cool but um yeah so some people have chosen to skip this part of the uniform but generally speaking it's 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 common like so I said this in the previous episode, but here's the thing. There's no uniform police. So although there is a correct and official way to do it and the unofficial ways are incorrect, there's also no repercussions for being incorrect. Like nobody's going to stop you from participating. You're not going to get a ticket. You're not like there's no like it. It's fine. Um, but there is an official and correct way to do it. The official and correct way includes the flag, but some people, either culturally or just their personal core values or whatever, don't want to put that American flag on their uniform. And so, you know, it happens. Um, the next thing down is what I called a council ID set. It kind of looks like a hamburger. It has like, it's not a semicircle, but it almost looks like like a squashed semicircle. Um, the top part uh, with the round part facing up, the bottom piece is the same thing, but flipped with the round part facing like down. Um, so the top squashed semicircle will say Girl Scouts USA, like Jess USA. Um, Girl Scouts of the USA, whatever it says. Um, but it's like the national organization. And then the underneath part is going to have your council name. And that's going to vary depending on where you live. So my council is called Arizona Cactus Pine. So it it's the upper two-thirds of the state of Arizona. The bottom third of the state of Arizona is a different council. It's called Southern Arizona. There's um, a bunch of different councils by a bunch of different names. And you may also live overseas, but be part of Girl Scouts of the USA. So then in that case, it's going to say Girl Scouts overseas, right? 
So that's that um, bottom piece. So that's your council identifier. So if you are at a national event or if you are somewhere where there's like multiple councils, uh, then you would be able to identify that girl's council belonging by that bottom squashed semicircle. <laughs> okay. The American flag patch is the same for all the levels. The council ID set is a different color for each level, for each uniform. So that's the, the better way to say it, for each uniform. So daisies have their own council ID set. Brownies have their own council ID set. Juniors have their own council IDs. Actually, I think juniors and up have the same council ID set. But I could be wrong. Um, so then from there on, it's the same. <laughs> okay. So then uh, it's just kind of weird. Those pieces change, but it's just like the uniform color changes. So those like are tweaked. Okay. Next thing that's on the uniform on the right hand side, or if it's a sash like coming down the sash, is potentially a troop crest. <laughs> now, troop crests are, first of all, not required. Second of all, they don't usually apply to daisies. So most of the time, troop crests start with brownies. But um, if you have a multi-level troop, so a multi-level troop is when you have multiple levels in the troop. Some levels are single-level troops, so you would only have brownies in your troop, for example. Um, but if you have multi-level, you might have daisies and brownies, daisies, brownies, juniors, or all the levels. Like, it could be any combination. Um, so if you have a multi-level troop that includes daisies, then you could choose to wait until the daisies are brownies for them to get their troop crest. Or you could just give everyone a troop crest. Or you could have a different crest per level. There's no wrong way. The crests don't, like... I mean, they do signify something, but they don't, uh, they don't have rules, I guess. Um, you can use them however you want to use them. Some people have really, really big troops with like 44 or 80 girls, and the crests can then be like subgroups within the larger group. There's lots of ways you could use a troop crest, um, but typically troop crests start at the brownie level. If you don't know what your troop crest is because your troop hasn't picked it yet, then you're going to want to leave space for a troop crest on the brownie and up uniforms. You don't have to leave space on a daisy uniform because typically daisies don't get troop crests. But again, there's no rules. If, da if a daisy troop wants to wear troop crests, they can wear troop crests. Do whatever you want. So the again, like, does it matter? I mean... There's a reason for things, sure, um, but and they they symbolize things and they like they matter from that standpoint. But in the grand scheme of like, why are we doing Girl Scouts? They do not matter. So, <laughs> crests optional. <laughs> okay, then the next thing is a troop number that goes underneath the troop crest, and the troop number could be anywhere from like two digits to six digits. So my troop number with my troop that. I had until 2021 was uh, 63, just two numbers, just 63. When I was a kid, 
I don't remember my troop number anymore, but my troop number was five digits. So it was way longer. Sounds totally different. So for some people who live in really big councils, they all have really long troop numbers. A two-digit troop number sounds ridiculous. At first, I too thought... 63 sounded like a very silly troop number, but I got used to it because we had it for years. So um, it doesn't sound weird to me anymore. But anyway, so um, that's like a little bit of an inconsistency with troop numbers. Now, the troop numbers, you buy the individual digits. So like for my troop, we would buy a six and a three. Um, and actually, technically, the six and the nine is just the same thing. It's just you put it on the vest either right side up or upside down doesn't matter um depending on which number it is so um so you buy your digits and some troops will put a zero in the front so like technically my troop was zero zero six three but we did not call it that we just called it 63 so we just did two troop numbers um some some troops will include the zero at the front there's no no wrong way uh it it's fine either way. Um, but yeah, I say technically my troop was 0063 because in the back end of the computer system, since some troops in my council have four numbers, that digit like placeholder is necessary for like coding purposes in some of the back end systems. So occasionally in the like computer systems, various computer things, we might have seen it written that way as like 0063. But the reality is it was just 63. <laughs> so, okay. Then, um, so the troop numbers are also going to change color based on the uniform. So daisies have one color troop number. Brownies have a different color troop number. Juniors and up have a different troop color troop number. Okay. So then also I mentioned the troop number. You may or may not have a troop number. That's because as I talked about in the original of these bonus episodes, the basics one, Girl Scout basics, I mentioned that not all girls are in troops. Some girls are what we call Juliets or independent girl members or IGMs or um, what there's lots of different names, but all of those mean the same thing, which is a girl not in a troop. And she does not have to have a troop number. Now, sometimes they'll have some kind of identifying signifier for her to say that she's an independent girl, or she'll just skip the troop number altogether. Both are totally allowed. So that's that. And then um, the next thing that Oh, and I actually skipped this when I was doing my overview. The next thing would be her membership stars. So if a girl has just started Girl Scouts, then she has no membership stars because she has never had a membership year. But if you see those little membership stars on people's uniforms, what they symbolize is a year of Girl Scouts and they'll have, or a girl year of Girl Scouts, and they'll have a colorful disc behind, like a little stupid plastic disc, this little tiny cheap piece of plastic um, that costs like eight cents <laughs> behind the star that symbolizes what the level was that they completed. So if a girl is in fifth grade she and she started as a kindergartner, she'd have two membership stars with daisy colored discs behind them, which are blue, two membership stars with brownie colored discs behind them, which would be green, which I don't know why, but that's the brownie disc color. And then two, or 
yeah, at the end of fifth grade, she'd have two membership stars for juniors that have the junior colored disc behind, which is yellow. Again, not sure why, because green and yellow are not like <laughs> brownie and junior specific colors in any other contexts. But in this context, that's what it is. Um, so, <laughs> so they'll have those membership stars that like symbolize each year of Girl Scouts. Similarly, there could be another fifth grader who only did fourth and fifth grade in Girl Scouts. She was never a Girl Scout until fourth grade. She started in fourth grade. So she's only going to have two membership stars. She'll have one for fourth grade, one for fifth grade, and they'll both be like yellow disc junior membership stars. So Membership stars are a little bit weird because sometimes you give them at the beginning of the year and sometimes you give them at the end of the year. I think it's probably like a, the most common tradition is to give membership stars at the end of the year, but it's not wrong to give them at any point. There's no requirement other than like you were a registered member. So if you were a registered member for that year, you qualified for that that membership star. So, okay. Um, so, but it's the tradition to do it, like symbolizing the completion of a year. Anyway, so <laughs> that's like what would come next on the uniform is that membership stars. Um, and again, if you're new, you wouldn't have any membership stars yet. So you just would have like a blank space and you do want to leave some space there for stars because, well, depending on what grade level because um like if you're a kindergarten day if you know if you're a kindergarten daisy it's kind of funny that you're listening to this podcast but if you're a kindergarten day if your girl is a kindergarten daisy then she's gonna have the same uniform in first grade so she'll need to have room for her membership star for completing kindergarten when she's a first grader and um then once she has a brownie vest those pins actually carry up and that's kind of like general rule is that any official pin can move up from uniform to uniform. It doesn't have to, but it can. So you could move the membership stars each time you get a new uniform as the girl ages up, or you could buy new membership stars so you can leave the uniform intact for like memory purposes. Either one is correct. It doesn't matter. So underneath the membership stars on a typical uniform, the next thing that might be there is a rainbow bridge patch. These are like really colorful rainbow arcs. Um, they used to be actual rainbows. <laughs> now they are um, like uh, a squashed arc with different designs depending on which level it is that they bridged from. So daisies are not going to have this because they didn't bridge from anything. They're just starting at the beginning. And I mentioned in the first basics episode what bridging is. So if you're like a little confused, go back to that episode. But that like arc patch is if they moved up from one level to the next. So um, when girls bridge from daisies to brownies, so if they were a daisy member and now they're a brownie member because they were a member in kindergarten and or first grade, and now they are a second or third grade member of brownies, then they get this bridge patch. And now technically the rainbow patch, the official patch does have requirements. So technically just aging up does not earn them that rainbow arc. <laughs> but there's no uniform police and lots of people treat it that way. <laughs> so if you're a brand if your girl's a brand new member and she's a junior and she's never been a girl scout before, there's no rainbow. 
But if she's bridged, there's a rainbow. <laughs> okay. And these rainbows can stack. They do not have to. The like most common tradition is that on a if if a girl has bridged all these years, that a brownie is gonna have her bridge to brownies, like from Daisy's to Brownies arc only. Well, which makes sense because there's no other levels. From brownies to juniors, a junior girl, the tradition is she'll only have her junior arc, like her bridge to junior arc from brownies to juniors. She's not going to necessarily have both arcs. However, these were designed that they can stack cleanly. So she could have both arcs if she bridged from daisies to brownies and brownies to juniors she could have both rainbows like stacked on top of each other just as like a um a way to demonstrate her history her journey as a girl scout a girl member on her uniform so she can have both but it's not common to have both <laughs> what's common is to have just the most recent one then we talked in the last episode about how 6th through 12th grade is usually the same uniform. Those bridges would stack then from juniors to cadets, so the cadet bridge, then from cadets to seniors, so the senior bridge, and then from seniors to ambassadors. If a girl is in 11th or 12th grade and she was a Girl Scout at least since fifth grade, then um, she would have all three of those bridges on the same uniform because she was wearing the same uniform all that time. So, of course, she added it. Now, if she bridged all of the levels, she can stack all of the bridges if she wants, but she doesn't have to. Hopefully, that makes sense. So, that's kind of what the, like, rainbow bridge thing represents. And a girl may or may not have that because it depends if she did or did not bridge from a previous level. And Daisies will never have that because there's nothing to bridge from. <laughs> okay. Underneath of the Rainbow Bridge arc, some Girl Scouts will have wings. That's this little like golden yellow wing patch. It kind of looks almost like <laughs> military Air Force-y to me. Um, like these wings. <laughs> but they actually represent bridging from brownies to juniors which historically traditionally however you want to think about it has been called flying up you fly up from brownies to juniors so there's like some owl symbolism in there and in some other like international organizations the owl is still a symbol that's associated with like brownies um in the u.s that's it's not it's not really a thing so it's a little bit confusing like <laughs> with kind of current U.S. traditions and cultures for Girl Scouts as to why they are wings, but just that's where it comes from. It's like a history thing. It's flying up to juniors, and that used to be what that specific ceremony was called, whereas it's bridging from level to level, but specifically that level is flying up, so wings are like a thing. I don't know, but it is. It is what it is. So if a girl flew up from brownies, those wings go on every single uniform after that, even if you don't stack the bridges. So if a senior or ambassador Girl Scout was also a brownie, she may not have all the bridges stacked, but she will have those brownie wings to show that she flew up from brownies. If she was never a brownie, 
she should not have wings. Now, are there girls who have uniforms with wings on them because they just were like following a uniform guide and they just put them on and they didn't know what they meant? Yes, totally. But officially, if the girl was not a brownie, she should not have wings. And unlike the rainbow arcs that do have requirements, technically, the only requirement for flying up from brownies is that you were once a brownie and now you are any of the levels above brownies. So if you were ever a brownie and now you are something higher than that, you qualify for wings as a girl member. That's what the wings mean. So that's the like main kind of uniform. <laughs> that's what like girls start with at the beginning of the year um, before they've necessarily like earned stuff for that year. Those are like the basic uniform pieces that go on the right hand side. <laughs> um, as they earn stuff, the pins that they can earn will go underneath there. So there's like my promise, my faith pins, which is just like essentially like a badge program, except instead of getting a badge, you get a pin. There's also like a cookie pin. There's also like a summit pin. If you complete at least three journeys at that level, you get a summit pin. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of like different official pins that might go underneath the wings um, or the rainbow arc or the <laughs> membership stars or the troop number. Like the next thing down would be the officially earned pins. And um, then underneath that, which normally you start from the bottom and work your way up for badges that you've earned. So like whatever that level's badges are. Okay, then on your insignia tab where your pins go. So I mentioned that the insignia tab color changes. I mentioned in the, the uniform episode, the insignia tab color changes for each level. So brownies have a specific tab. I'm sorry, daisies have a specific tab. Brownies have a specific tab. Juniors have a specific tab. And then like cadets and up have a different tab. And the <laughs> pins that go on those tabs, the <laughs> daisies have, well, all levels no matter what level you are, including adults, the top pin is a WAGS pin. So we talked about what WAGS is um, two Thursdays ago, <laughs> but the WAGS pin is the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. So it's representative that we are not just a member of Girl Scouts of the USA, but also a member of WAGS. So that top one is a WAGS pin um, showing that you're part of the global community, the global movement of Girl Scouts and Girl Guides. And that is like a blue <laughs> circle with like yellow uh, symbol on it that is the like WAGS symbol or logo or whatever. Okay, so then the other pin on your insignia tab is your membership pin for GSUSA. And that pin changes depending on your level. So daisies have a daisy membership pin. Brownies have a brownie membership pin. And then everybody else has a standard membership pin. So the pin that you get theoretically as a junior is theoretically the membership pin you have for the rest of your life um, for being a Girl Scout member. And it is not uncommon, again, just like I said, with like moving other pins up, you can carry up your pins or you can leave your uniform intact and get new pins as you want. Um, also, the membership pin 
updates. So if you still have your membership pin from when you were a girl member, Girl Scout, not a brownie pin, not a daisy pin, but like an official Girl Scout membership pin from when you were a kid, you could still wear that as your official membership pin. Also, there's a version of the official membership pin that was discontinued like relatively recently. So there is a membership. I was trying to think if I have it, but I actually do not. But it was um, retired and that's still official. So if you have it, you can still keep that as your official membership pin. But if you buy a membership pin now, it's going to be a different pin than some of the previous iterations. They just update them periodically. That's normal. So right now, the membership pin is like a gold they call it a trefoil. It's like that kind of clover looking thing. That's the, I didn't even talk about that in Girl Scout Basics, but that's the, um, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of all this stuff. Cause like we didn't talk about the hand symbol. We didn't talk about slogans. We didn't like, we didn't talk about any of this, but, um, any of the branding stuff. So that's, that's, that's still to come. But the symbol, the official like Girl Scout logo, the symbol is called a trefoil. So, or sometimes you'll hear it pronounced trefoil either, either way is correct. But, um, around these parts around here in my current council, they call it a trefoil. So it's like a gold pin that's shaped like that. Um, and it's got some like stuff on it. Um, so, but it's like gold, a gold, a totally gold pin. And, uh, yeah, that goes on the tab and that you wear on your left, on your, like pinned to your shirt on the left-hand side. Sometimes, uh, volunteers will also have another pin that goes in between those two. So like adult members may wear a pin in between their WAGS pin and their membership pin. And it's like a thin bar and it's different colors and you may have multiple. And that represents the different positions or the different roles that you have. They're called position pins. So there's different position pins that you might wear um, depending on your role. So there's like a troop leader specific one. There's service team specific ones. There's um, like, you know, if you're a board member or if you're, you know, whatever these other designations. And I actually did an episode earlier in 2023 where I broke down like adult recognitions and we talked about position pins. So if you want to know all the different like ins and outs of mem- of the position pins, you can go listen to that. But the long and the short that you need to know right now is you don't need to have one. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But that's um, an option that you can wear the position pin that corresponds with your role as a volunteer. Okay. Um, Girls wouldn't have that, but they would have their like membership pins over there. Another pin, which again, we talked about a little bit on that um, adult recognition episode from a few months back, but the other um, pin that you might see on the insignia tab is um, what we call a numeral guard. And the numeral guard hangs off of your membership pin and it has a number on it. And it's like attached to your membership pin by a chain that kind of like hangs down. Um, And that number is um, representative of the number of membership years that you have. So it doesn't have to be your number of volunteering years. It includes your girl years. But the numeral guards come in, I think, fives. So it's like five, ten, 
I think there's 15, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and so on, like all the way up to like 80. Like, I mean, like you can, you know, whatever it is. And um, it's for the number of years that you've been a paid member of Girl Scouts. Now, we talked a bit about that in two episodes ago in the basics episode. So go back to that. But um, if you missed that, go back there. But if you had, let's say, five girl years, um, like you were involved in Girl Scouts for five years as a kid, and then you came back to be a volunteer, you could have a five-year numeral guard. Or if you've had 10 total years, or once you get to 10 total years, you can upgrade that to a 10-year numeral guard. It's just like a point of pride. You do not have to ever have a numeral guard, but you totally can wear a numeral guard. And it's kind of cool as that number gets higher and higher to be able to have a numeral guard that's like, oh, I've been a member for 20 years. I've been a member for 25 years or I've been a member for 40 years. Like having a 40 year numeral guard is a big flex. Like you are an integral part of Girl Scout history, right? That's pretty cool. So being able to kind of like show that is neat. Girls can (laughs) wear numeral guards and they do not have to. Most girls do not ever wear a numeral guard. They have those membership stars instead. Um, if they want to wear a numeral guard, they can wear that in lieu of those membership stars. So if a girl's been a member for 12 years, she could wear a 10-year numeral guard and then only have two stars for 10 plus two. She would take those first 10 off because she wore the numeral guard instead, and then she would have the two individual stars on the right side of her uniform for those other two years. So the numeral guard's on the left side because it connects to your membership pin, and then the stars are on the right side, and and that's only for girls. Adults don't wear membership stars. Only girls do. So... Hopefully that makes sense. But anyways, so girls can wear numeral guards. They do not have to. But it can be nice when girls have been involved for like a million years because their uniforms get very heavy with all of these patches and pins. So by the time a girl's in high school, she might prefer the numeral guard to having all these stars, A, taking up space and B, adding weight to that uniform. So taking those off and doing a numeral guard instead can be preferred. It just totally varies and depends on what that girl wants to do. So that's the option with membership stars. Um, Okay, so then the only other thing, I guess, is on a vest, you'd have like the pins on the top. So if it's a sash, like there's only one direction to go, right? If there's a vest, we talked about the right-hand side, the left-hand side at the top would have pins. The bottom of the left-hand side is usually reserved for journeys, okay? And again, you would like start at the bottom and work your way up. However, there are way more official badges than there are journeys. And there's all that insignia on the right-hand side of the uniform. So if you only put the earned awards the badges on the right hand side that girl's going to be lopsided because that uniform is going to be way heavier on the right side than the left so it's also official to put the earned awards the badges on the bottom of both sides of the uniform and to work your way up the sides and then but the journey awards are definitely going to go on the left side and usually that goes in the space in between the pins and the earn like the badges on the bottom in the middle would be like the journeys now the journeys used to be these all kinds of crazy shapes 
But then they've updated now these versions of journeys, like I mentioned, where it's like if you earn these this collection of badges that are just already existing badges and then if you add a take action to that then um those badges are all going to fit shape wise with your normal level shaped badges um so yeah so there's that daisies <laughs> daisies have petals <laughs> petal program so instead of this like kind of individual badge thing, which they do have individual badges, but they also have this like giant daisy shape. So daisies, if they're wearing a vest, then you would start with the like individual like flower shaped awards that are just like earned badges on the bottom. But that big petal program, the like big flower where you earn like the individual petals all the way around, that would go underneath her pins on her vest, so on the left side, or if it's on the tunic, which is also an apron or a smock, depending on like what lingo you use, but tunic's official, um, that is gonna go like right in the middle on her tummy. <laughs> so like, just like big and proud in the center. <laughs> so that's where the, the daisy like kind of petal program goes. And then if she has a vest, it's like she's got that big petal program and then underneath it she would have journeys and then underneath that she may have those like earned awards that are shaped like individual daisies. So just kind of weird. But anyways, so that's that. And then on the back of the vest go all the other patches. So all the patches for how many cookies you sold for participating in certain events or activities or traditions or whatever, but they're not official badge programming. They're like more like participation patches or fun patches or recognition patches. Those all go on the back and they can be all different shapes and sizes and colors and like interesting things um, that all goes on the back. So that's like... Uniform 102. I feel like we did Uniform 101 in the first, like, the first version of this, part one, which was last week. And then this is, like, Uniforms 102, which is, like, still basics, but this is just, like, a lay of the land for uniforms. So hopefully that's helpful. I know it's, like, kind of hard without a visual, but hopefully this is helpful. It kind of, like, gives you sort of, like, a map of the uniform in your head. And you kind of understand, like, what the different pieces are for and what they mean and why we have them and, like, what even is this? And hopefully if you are buying a uniform for the first time when you walk into the council shop or when you go to the website you're not just like feeling around in the dark you're like oh yeah I know what to expect here so I hope this helped and um again if you are on Facebook join the Facebook group facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast um that's the page technically and then there's like a button to join the group um you can also find us on Facebook at Troop Leader Experience if you just like search for that the Troop Leader Experience podcast that's what this podcast is called and then um if you're not on Facebook you can email me so it's girl scout podcast at gmail.com tried to make it nice and easy for you you can also go to the Pinterest. We're on Pinterest. So you can find the Troop Leader Experience podcast on Pinterest. And we also have an Etsy shop. And I think, you know what? Um, oh, yeah. So the Etsy shop is um, the easy way, the like pretty URL to get there is troopleadertees.com. Tees like T E E S. 
T-E-E-S. It sounded like too many E's. Um, like t-shirt, troopleadertees.com. And it has more than just t-shirts. There's sweatshirts and stuff on there too. And like some canvas tote bags and um, like drinkware, you know, mugs or tumbler cups or whatever. We have all kinds of fun stuff on there. There's also some digital downloads, which I'm definitely going to be adding more digital downloads. I promise more like actual usable resources in addition to like fun merch. But we have all kinds of fun shirts on there. Like don't make me use my troop leader voice. And I'm sorry for what I said during cookie season. And there's also just like kind of fun, um, like in Girl Scout inspired things. Of course, the official Girl Scout shop is going to have licensed merch. So that's the stuff that says Girl Scouts or has the logo or anything like that. I can't sell that because I'm not a licensed vendor, although I'd like to be working on that. Uh, working on is relative. I have investigated the process. I have not um, actually done anything to become a licensed vendor, but I'd love to be a licensed vendor. But for now, it's all unofficial merch on troopleadertees.com. If you want official merch, you're going to get that from Girl Scouts, which is girlscoutshop.com. Um, you're going to notice a price discrepancy there, but that is the price of being licensed, my friend. So all the official licensed shirts and hats and mugs and uh, accessories, stickers, whatever, you're going to get all of that at girlscoutshop.com. Unofficial stuff, there's tons of places to get, but my shop is one of them. So Troop Leader Tees com. That'll get you to my Etsy shop. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really hope that this is helpful. Please leave me a review. You can um, scroll down on Apple Podcasts to the bottom and leave a review there. Or on Spotify, you can either leave a rating once you've listened to the podcast on Spotify, or you can actually respond to the specific episode. So if you want to contribute to the conversation, or if you have questions, or if you want to let me know that you liked a specific episode, please do. Um, I can see all of those, and they mean so much to me. I really, really, I'm doing this because I love it and I want to cultivate community and help you and support you. So if it is helpful or supportive, please tell me. So I'd love to hear from you either in a review or an email or on Facebook or any of those places. And yeah, I appreciate you and I'll see you next week. 